thank you for that. I want to open your Bibles, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. <clears throat> Before we take the Lord's Supper, I just want to give us a, a challenge, a brief message here on these verses and encourage us. We're looking forward to, <clears throat> we're looking forward to a new year, and people make resolutions and so forth, and um, I think... I don't, I don't know about resolutions, you can make those, set goals or whatever, but I think we ought to, our main goal ought to be, what are we going to do for the Lord this year? How is my relationship with God going to be? And one of the things that helps us with that, and as we do it throughout the year as well, it's the Lord's Supper, as we reflect and remember some things. And so we're going to talk about applying the Lord's Supper to 2024. As I said before, by way of, of remembrance, um, <coughs> there are two ordinances in the church. We saw the first one at the beginning of the service. The Spanish, they're having their service tonight, so they baptized with us this morning. Um, but baptism, of course. And then the second one is the Lord's Supper. Um, I, I prefer the Lord's Supper over or calling it communion. Um, verse 16 of 1 Corinthians 10, 10 says, the cups of the blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? Now the, now the Catholics have changed that into a false doctrine. They believe that when the priest prays over the elements, the bread and the juice, that they literally become, in a spiritual sense, they literally become the blood of Christ and the body of Christ. And of course, we understand that is not true. They represent the body of Christ, and they represent the blood of Christ. And so, um, and so that's what we're looking at. The Lord's Supper should be an expression and a strengthening of our close fellowship and relationship with the Lord. And when we do any type of spiritual service or any type of spiritual, any of these ordinances, they're not just some meaningless religious activity, Right? It's not that. They have some spiritual depth and meaning behind them, which we want to see. These are pictures. In taking the Lord's Supper, it's picturing something to us. And a picture is not the event. It is a representation of the event. Uh, we may remember back in the days before cell phones and so forth that wallets, mine, there's no money in here. It's usually bills. Mine doesn't have uh, uh, picture things in here. Does anybody have an old school one that actually have, remember the little windows where you put pictures in? We don't do that anymore, do we? Does anybody have one? Do you? Okay. Look, we got a couple. Boomer. Let's go. Okay. Uh, we don't do that anymore. If I want to show you pictures, I can, I can pull out my phone. What do I have? Okay, here. Look. Um, we got some. Brother Ross, quit texting me during church. On the front here, okay, another one here. Hold on, my bets just came in. I won. Uh, okay, on my phone, it just so happens it's not always this, but I have a picture of my wife right there, okay? Um, you know what she has a picture of on her phone? Our dog. Anyhow, um, just kidding. It's a picture of me and you, isn't it? I think I put it on there just so people would know. Uh, now, if I were to show you this, this isn't my wife. Now that I do this, okay, Brother Ross just texted me. Okay, Brother Bird just texted me. Thank you for doing that, guys. Uh, but that is not my wife. That's a representation or a picture of my wife. My wife's right there. 
And so when we do these things, they're not the actual, they're picture of something that's very, very important. That's why we take the Lord's Supper. We look at it, so I, we remember something. What do these two pictures represent? Baptism represents the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And if you spoke Spanish, you probably understood that. If not, that's what he was trying to say there, that we're not ashamed of the Lord, that we died with Christ and we're saved, and now we're going to walk a new life. And the Lord's Supper represents his death for us. Errol's song was very good for us today and kind of goes with that that he gave his body for us, that he spilled his blood for us. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Jesus' body was physically hurt for us, and his blood was spilled. Hebrews 9.22, and almost all things by the law are purged with blood, but without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And that had to happen. Now, this is being written to the Corinthian church, and they had very many problems. Uh, the, Cor the, the city of Corinth was a very wicked city, and that wasn't the problem. The problem was that the church had started allowing some of that, that wickedness and the, 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 what was going on in society to permeate into the church. And they had a lot of issues. And so Paul is, is, is writing to deal with them. And of course, it's to all of us. And they were being a, a terrible example of what a believer should be. But those problems also spilled into the Lord's Supper. It seems that they, say they did the Lord's Supper every week and it was almost turning into a potluck type thing and drinking and a bunch of nonsense. And uh, by the way, it sounds like a, a lot of evangelical pastors today drinking and all the nonsense. But, uh, um, and so Paul is going to deal with this. God's going to deal with it and get them to get their act together. The point is that the Lord's Supper is to have spiritual importance and a spiritual impact in our lives. We don't just come here and like, okay, we popped the bread, we drank the juice, and ta-da, I did my religious duty. No, 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 no. We're going to dwell on it. We're going to think about it. What does it represent? What is God trying to tell us here? We'll take the Lord's Supper in a couple minutes, but what I want us to understand is how can it, the significance of the Lord's Supper and what it represents help us in our lives as we move forward to 2024. Let me give you four areas that I believe it can help us as individual believers and as a church. First of all, may we be more unified than ever. Look at verse 17 there. Now, in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that you come together not for the better, but for the worse. They were coming together, but it wasn't helping them. It was actually hurting them. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. They were having inward conflict. They were having relationship issues. And it was being magnified and also expressed when they came together for the Lord's Supper. It was more harmful than helpful. There was a lack of unity. 
They had divisions over personalities in the church. There was different people and different things. They had, uh, they had conflicts over, over the power in the church. You know, well, I am of Paul. I am of a Paul. I'm of this person. I'm of that person. And they also had divisions over, over their place in the church. They, some people wanted to be more prominent than others. It was all about, what, all about them. But a proper observance of the Lord's Supper ought to unify us. You know why? Because it gets us to dwell on the Lord Jesus Christ. And after all, as Colossians tells us, he is the head of the church. He is the one that is to have preeminence. This church isn't about you. And it's not about me. It's not about our staff. This church is to be about uplifting and getting uh, the uplifted Christ to our community. We don't save anybody. We don't, it's the Lord that does great things. And by the way, God has done great things in our church this year. It's been amazing. But you know what? He did it. And we need to stay together and work together and be on the same page. You know, look, anything that comes to the church from the outside will not hurt us. It won't. You know where churches are destroyed? They are destroyed from the inside. And that's disunity. And so let's make sure that this year more than ever, you say, but pastor, someone in the church irritated me. Um, duh. How many of you have a family? Everybody has a family. Has anybody in your family ever irritated you? Okay, thank you, Caden. He raised his hand right away. Good. You raised two. I'll raise. I got my hands and my feet up. Have, have any, okay, here's one you won't. Have you ever irritated anybody in your family? Let's go. I'd put both of my legs up if I could, but I'd fall. Look, let me explain. But we're family, right? Irritations are to be worked through, not driven between. And so, you know, well, I just thought that, hey, why don't we cut each other some slack? And by the way, you know what I have found? A lot of times if we just go talk to each other, it's not that big a deal. I haven't had it in a while because I think we have a great church. But I have had it past someone come, oh, so-and-so, they're mad at me, why? And, they, and I'm like, well, let me just ask you this question. Have you asked them about it? Well, no, I can just tell. Go ask them. Because it's usually like, I'm sorry. That, I didn't, no, that's not what I meant at all. I had someone come to me a, several years ago. Um, and, and, and there was something going on and this person brought up something from five years ago that I had said in church, and they said, you said that towards me. And I'm like, I am so, I, was, I wasn't, and I explained to him, I wasn't talking about, I wasn't thinking about you at all. I'm like, I wish you would have talked to me five years ago when it bothered you. The problem wasn't that it, it bothered them. I wish they would have talked to me right away and we could have cleared this up. There was no issue between us. Why don't we have a unity? God wants us to do great things, but you know, we can't do it if we're not together. Secondly, may we be more thankful than ever before. Verse 24, and we'll read this again when we're taking the Lord's Supper, it goes, and when he had given thanks. We have so much to be thankful for. We do. And I get it. By the way, in, in anybody's life, right? It could, you could think of areas where it can be better, this or that. But let's not focus on those things. Or maybe there's a little negative here or there, but there's a lot more things we have to be thankful for. But we're not thankful people. It is so easy, and I'm talking to myself here as well as you. 
When something goes wrong or something's irritating, it's so easy to focus on that. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, it's the, you see a big white sheet of paper, there's a little tiny black dot, and you say, what do you see on the paper? I see a tiny black dot. Well, 99.99999% of that paper is white, and we see the black dot. I'm a black dot person, and I have to be very careful about that. I can see the negative in anything. I have to make sure that I, I focus on the positive and be thankful, because that's the problem when we focus on the negative. We forget the positive. Well, pastor, I saw something I think it needs to be dealt with, and I'm t I, see, I see 10 things for everyone you see. The staff don't want, they, when I take pictures around here, they know what's happening. Someone's gonna get that picture on the cell phone and say, hey, this, need, this wasn't taken care of, right? It's, not me. it's just how I, it's just trying to take care of things. But there's so many good things in your life. So don't let the few negatives, you, and by the way, a lot of times, those negatives are self-inflicted. And with God's help, we can get through those things. But we can't just gripe and complain about them. The issues in the Corinthian church were keeping them from remembering the goodness of God. The sacrifice, sacrifice of the Savior. Before I move on, I'll say this. I, I've noticed that people who are critical, and I'm, I'm not, <coughs> this isn't mean-spirited. They usually are people that witness the least for the Lord and do the least for God. And I'm not saying <coughs> in anything, in anything in life, sometimes you see things, it needs to be dealt with, right? Can be improved. Let's do that. I have no problem with people saying, hey, have you ever thought about, we can improve this? I'm not talking about that. But some people are good at just nitpicking. Thirdly, may we be more remembering than ever. Verse 24, he said, this do in remembrance of me. Verse 25, <coughs> he said, Speaking of Christ, in remembrance of me. You know, Jesus wants to be remembered. No one wants to be forgotten, right? Remember, I was a little kid. <coughs> Just remember this story recently. I was, we were living up on Cherry Avenue, 60th, and uh, Pastor Esposito and myself, our families lived there. And a couple apartments over, I don't know if of pastor's dad managed the property, just knew the people. There was a guy there, and we were just kids. He goes, hey, can you go help this guy move some boxes? <coughs> so we went over there, and we helped this guy move some boxes. And um, he wanted to reward us. So we're thinking kids, right? Reward, cash, right? That's what we're thinking. He gave us a picture. And it was a eight and a half by 11, and it was a collage of him. He said that he used, to, he used to be, when he was younger, he was in the, um, in the movie series, Our Gang, The Little Rascals. And he said, my name is, he goes, I was Pineapple. Now, I never heard of Pineapple, and I used to watch it. Well, I did a little research. That was the silent uh, movie era. And he was in it. And he was trying to say, hey, that was me. Remember me. He goes, I want to give you something. I used to be... Now, judging by what was going on in his life, he, things had kind of taken a turn. But he wanted us to remember, hey, this is who I used to be. I used to be in the movies. People want to be remembered. But, you know, we'll forget a lot of things, and I do. Sometimes people come, and I've been here <coughs> the whole time, 35 years. Like, Pastor, remember, uh, remember me? <coughs> I used to come to your church when I was a kid. I'm like, okay, you're 40 now, right? I mean... 
can, can you help a brother out? All right, I, I don't, re- you don't remember me? It's like, well, let, let's, let's do the math here. When you came, you were that high, and now you're that high. No, I don't remember you. I try to. But, you know, we shouldn't forget Christ. He ought to be forefront in our minds. He ought to be everything to us. And the fact of the matter is, Jesus wants us to remember him. And we remember him when we take the the Lord's Supper. We remember what he did for us to start this relationship that we have with him. Then lastly, (coughs) as we look to next year, we think of the Lord's Supper, may we be more repentant than ever before. Look at verse 27. (coughs) There's a warning that goes along with the Lord's Supper. He says, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself and so eat of the bread and drink of that cup. You know, it's whenever we (coughs) try to remember Christ, one thing we need to do is, is there anything in my life that needs to be cleared up? Right? And when we get to the place where if God were to point something out that he wanted us to clean up or maybe point something out in our life that's not pleasing to him that's coming between our relationship, whenever we get to the point where we don't want to hear that because we don't want to do anything about it, that's a very bad place. What if you were married (coughs) and there's something between you two and and you know about it and, and you're like, so what? I don't want to deal with it. You know, that's going to be very damaging to that relationship. Right? That's when you get the one-word answers. How was your day? Good. What's for dinner? Food. How are the kids? Fine. It's like, so anything happen? No. We'll do something tonight? No. Everything okay? By the way, guys, when you ask your wife, Mark, listen up. When you ask your wife, hey, is everything, is everything okay? Yes. That's, that, that means no. Just so you know that. Right? You know, we don't want anything between us and Jesus. By the way, here's, a, here's one. He's never done anything wrong. But one of the things we take the Lord's Supper, he might point something out and say, hey, you know that area of your life? You kind of need to work on that and clean it up. We ought to be willing to say, you know what, Lord? I want to be close to you and I want to, I we, we don't have to be worthy of salvation. We ought to be worthy of being his child for his sake. Say, well, pastor, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Get on your knees and say, Lord, I want to confess my sin and just stop, stop for a second. He'll bring it to mind. And you already know some things. Well, is he trying to condemn me? No, 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 no. He wants you to confess it so you can forsake it and you can be close to him. And when we take the Lord's Supper and we realize how horrible our sin is, say, how do you realize that the Lord's Supper... Uh, like, like Errol's saying, he, he, had to, he gave himself. It was bad enough that he had to die for us. Someone had to die. Someone had to pay. And it was supposed to be you and I. And he paid. It was that bad. And when we think of it, it's like, we can clear up those areas in our life where, that, where we've went sideways. Maybe we've allowed some sin to creep into our life. What is the point? The Lord's Supper should... should should activate every, every part of our, our, our Christianity. And, and that's why we do it every, th- we do it, you can do it as often as you will, we do it every three months. 
here as a church, and we want to remember what the Lord Jesus Christ did so that he may work in us. We're going to start preparing for the Lord's Supper now. Brother Grandy, why don't you come? Okay, the guys are going to get the elements, and let's pass those, we're going to pass those out, and then Brother Grandy's going to come. What are we going to sing, Brother Grandy? 343, we'll pass out the bread first, and so let's stand together as we're singing, the ushers will pass out the bread. Three hundred and forty-three in our psalm books. At the cross, we'll sing that first verse together. Three, four, three. On the first verse, we'll sing it. Alas, and did my Savior believe? And did my
Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he did so primarily for one reason, so that his body would be really abused and beaten for us. He gave himself for us. If we could bow our head and close our eyes, just spend a little bit of time there thanking the Lord that he gave his body for our salvation, that he was willing that the creator of the universe was willing to come in flesh like his creation and thank him for it. Maybe God brings something to your mind that you need to deal with at this time. Maybe you'll deal with it. Confess it and forsake it. Father, we thank you for the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming to this earth, for taking human form. Lord, for taking the form of a servant, the ultimate example, the word of God in flesh, and allowing yourself to be beaten, to be mistreated on our behalf. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Grandy's going to come. We'll sing. At this time, the men will come, and we will pass out the juice. 246 in our psalm books. There is a fountain. 246. Let's sing it together on that first verse. There is a fountain filled with blood.
you've received your juice already, would you please do me a favor, bow your head, close your eyes for a minute, I want you to think. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. His blood had to be shed for the remission of our sins. All of the sacrifices of the Old Testament led to this. They pictured this. John said it when Jesus arrived on the scene, the Lamb of God. Jesus said, I am come to seek and to save. But he had to shed his blood. Think of him hanging on the cross. Think of him beaten. His back. The nails. Crown of thorns. And why did he do it? Just for us. For us. May we thank him today that he not only came to this earth, not only gave his life, he gave his blood for our salvation. May we take a moment of silence here and thank him for his blood, what it means for our eternal salvation. Verse 25. <clears throat> After the same manner also he took the cup <clears throat> when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Let's take the juice together. Our Father, we're so grateful for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that he gave his blood for our sins. And Lord, I pray that you would help us, particularly as we go into this next year. May we have a focus all year long on you. Lord, may we never forget what you've done for us. May we live our lives each day in remembrance of our Lord and Savior and what we can do to honor and glorify him each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen.